Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast. We got Corey Curtis, WKRN News 2, the main man himself, one hairdo to rule them all, televisions. Just got it cut for you today, Buck. You look sharp, bud. I'm I'm over here dressed like a bum. I got my hoodie on. I'm comfortable. I'm home. I'm podcasting from the kitchen today. But uh, always a pleasure to have Corey Curtis on the pod. So we've uh, we've had a little actual NFL news this week, which Mm -hmm. makes uh, the pod, always a little more fun. Baker Mayfield from Cleveland to Carolina yesterday as we take this on a Thursday afternoon. Um, I believe both of those organizations to be inept. I believe one to be you know, morally bankrupt in uh, giving alleged sexual predator $230 million. And I believe the other one to have zero planet quarterback, which some would argue in the NFL circles is almost as bad. Yeah. Um, look, the, the Cleveland Browns are a straight up disaster. And um their handling of Baker Mayfield gave them a situation where, you know, they got virtually nothing in return for the first overall pick. And in fact, so they've got a, what a conditional fifth round pick and they're still paying $10 million of his salary. So it's a great deal for the Carolina Panthers. It's a terrible deal for the Browns who backed themselves into a corner. Like, you know, you always see the person with the paint, painting themselves into a corner that is Jimmy Haslam every day I say this stuff over and over again I feel like I'm taking crazy pills there are 32 teams how do we have this many bad owners and how are these guys this successful and rich in life when they're this bad at running football teams Buck, I don't know why but I feel like you and I could run circles around some of these guys well, that's that's the thing that I at, at least I hope people are starting to have the scales removed from their eyes when it comes to, you know, just because the sheer amount of money that they make on these dealings or that these individuals are paid, it doesn't make them nth degree smarter than you and I. It oh, just, they're not. It's one of the best lines I've ever heard from anybody who do who does what we do, Corey, Dominic Foxworth who used to be on the players uh, union while he was a player. Now he does stuff for ESPN. He said of uh, one of their uh, PA owners meeting negotiations, basically he walked out of a room with Jerry Jones and be like, Oh, that guy's not actually smarter than me. (laughs) We're going to be able to do this in a way that's substantive. Yeah. We're not going to get all the cards, even if they have all the money. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. And, and look, like I said, for the Carolina Panthers, I think this is a good deal. Um, You know, Sam Darnold has shown, He's not great. And, you know, is, I don't think anybody thinks Matt Corral is going to be, you know, ready at any point this year, but we'll see. And, and you take a swing at Baker Mayfield, who I don't think is the disaster that everyone else thinks that he is. He was hurt last year. I mean, they did him a disservice by marching him out there week after week after week after week after week when he was hurt and could not physically perform. Do I think he's Johnny Unitas? No, I do not. Do I think he's a guy who can start in this league and win some games? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I I certainly think he's better than he was last year, and I certainly think he's better than Sam Darnold. And so for virtually nothing, 
the Panthers get a chance to look at them and see what they got. And if, and if they don't want to move forward with them, then they don't move forward with them. But if they think, you know what, we got something here or we want him to compete with Matt Corral, then, then maybe they can do that because I don't think his asking price is, is going to be tremendous next year. He's not going to be in that position to do it. No, it's, it's unfortunate for Baker's sake because he did the thing that everybody asks the football player to do, right? Play through it and you'll be rewarded, well, you know, your team. I mean, he it. wanted to play through it. I mean, well, sometimes, sure. sometimes people have to be protected from themselves. They oh. just, they just do. Bud Dupree here with coming off the ACL too early. That's something that he copped to himself. And then he told us about just how bad he was feeling. And Mike Rabel probably chewed his ass afterwards. Um, looking, looking at though, though, basically just to kind of bring it home for a local standpoint, Corey, I, I think it kind of speaks to a larger, a larger, maybe not issue with quarterbacks, but it's always one of these grand reveals, right? When you see, when you go back a couple of years from a draft class, especially one okay. like we've just had here recently in 2021, or going back to 2018, when Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick. Just what a low percentage hit rate these dudes have, even at the premium level, right? Baker Mayfield, one. Sam Darnold, three to the New York Jets. You've got Josh Allen at seven that year, I believe, to the Buffalo Bills. Josh Rosen at 10 to the Arizona Cardinals. I, uh, you know what? I think Rosen might have been my favorite quarterback in that draft. I, I rooted for both him and Baker because they both had attitudes about the whole yeah. thing. And then one of them, you know, one of them has lasted much longer than the other. And even if it's not been that impressive as a first overall pick. Rosen was horrible. I mean, he was absolutely, I mean, he, he had like four different teams in two years and he was horrible on all of them. And, you know, we all considered the, the amazing thing to me is Josh Allen, because when I saw Josh Allen, his first two years, I said, this guy's terrible. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't hit a barn. I mean, like when he beat the Titans, it was with his legs because his accuracy was absolutely brutal. Well, and also he, Nick Williams, also Nick Williams. Yes, uh, Nick Williams, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yes. Maybe the most accurate, beautifully tossed ball of Marcus Mariota's career, and he dropped it. I mean, it was, it was, so right, <laughs> it was dropped right in his hands. Yeah, no, should have been a victory. Should have gone to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I always give Josh Allen all the credit in the world because, like I said, he's a guy, you know, I hated on. Uh, because I didn't think he was any good. I mean, he wasn't. Even when they went to the playoffs, I'm like, he's not any good. He, yeah. he can't do it. Well, he wasn't. And, he, yeah. he had that ridiculous throw to the fullback in the playoffs, like like Patrick Mahomes throwing to Tyreek Hill, except it's the fullback on a yeah. Texas route. Like, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. But he has improved himself as much as any quarterback I've ever seen. And yeah. now, now he's an MVP caliber player. Uh, look, he was here for the uh, tight end summit. And he is a big old dude and he's a good athlete. He's, I think what I also love that he has embraced Buffalo, which is a tough thing to do. Um, So he's embraced his town. He's embraced his team. He's put in the work. He's not a diva. Um, I mean, look, he's done all the things that you can want from a quarterback. And just like you said, you know, you don't know what the hit rate was because when he was taken seventh overall, people were like, Oh, I thought Wyoming pretty raw promise of any of them of any of them and by the way we didn't mention Lamar as the 32nd overall pick in that who the Ravens traded back in ironically enough just Lamar and Josh Allen left with their original team of those five um but yeah Allen Allen is the thing there that that really obviously the because he's one he's now considered the highest evolution of the quarterback right 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as of late, he's, he's up there with Mahomes and he's arguably more freakishly athletic than mm-hmm. that is. And it just kind of speaks to, to, to look at what we have here, Corey, and one, a situation where for all of the complaints about Ryan Tannehill, there is the ability for him to elevate his game and still provide any kind of stability that a lot of these first round picks are not able to do Tannehill, a former first round pick himself. And then for Malik Willis to kind of have a, a, a reconciliation of, of what your actual expectations are for a dude who's clearly got talent, but is still a third round pick at the quarterback position, which is just so hard to hit on. Yeah, no, you don't, man. Russell Wilson was a third round pick and he's, you know, you, you put the guy side by side and their body types are, are extremely, extremely similar. And we're seeing more and more of that because high school and college coaches are taking their best athletes and making them the quarterback now instead of the running back. So we've got guys who are shaped like fire hydrants running around throwing the football. I mean, just look at um, the Sam Howell kid from North Carolina. I think he's wider than he is tall. I mean, the guy's oh, shaped like, he's, just, he's a uh, rectangle. I was looking at some reports at Elite 11 over the weekend because Tennessee's got a, a future five-star mm-hmm. commit there. And Chris Parson from Ravenwood, just uh, just down the road. He's a, he's a Florida State quarterback commit. He's got that exact same build. I saw him at Lipscomb for Elite 11. Yep. And he's one of, he looked the most professionally or the most polished out of any of these guys because, as you've said, people are being smarter with where they play the best athlete on the team. Well, and, and the point is, is that it doesn't matter that you slide. Okay, because like I said, Russell Wilson slid, Lamar Jackson slid, Aaron Rodgers slid. Where do you go? Like 20th overall? I mean, I think I think it was further down. More than half the league passed up on Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and, you know, because you don't know, you don't know. And, and, you know, just because a guy goes a little bit later, you know, you don't know. And I think I think Malik, you know, while it may have stung to go in the third round. I think it's a better situation for him because now he is not in a position where he has to play before he's ready. Now he can just work and learn. And you know what? Everything that he does that's good now is a bonus. It's an attaboy. Hey, that's good to see. That's some hope there. You know, he doesn't have that mega spotlight on him of you've got to come in here and save the franchise because guys who pick in the top 10, that's what you got to do. You got to come in and save the franchise and you're getting paid. I mean, look, Josh Rosen, he, he had to go in and he wasn't ready and he was awful. And, and sometimes teams aren't ready to have these guys, you know, Justin Fields, you know, with the bears last year, I don't know if he was ready or not. They weren't ready for him because yeah. they had no plan to use him on how to use him whatsoever. So it's a great situation for him. Will he make it or not? I have no idea but he seems like a good kid. He seems eager to learn and he seems like a great athlete. And I would like for the Titans to find a way to get him on the field, two or three snaps a game. It it does. I mean, they have those packages, right? Like Cam Batson is gone. He plays for the Atlanta Titans currently with our (laughs) the the Atlanta Titan bears. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Atlanta Titan, Chicago bears. That's right. Um, But they have, they've had those packages for Cam Batson. Uh, I think Mickey Ryan calls it the wild bat or did you have Derrick Henry um, in the King cat formation. There are ways to get your best athletes out on the field. And that's something that they've clearly shown themselves to want to incorporate. I think it's completely reasonable because I I think I was asked this question on the radio show the other day, you know, how many, like how many snaps do you think he's going to play in his first year? And I know our buddy Teron Davenport was asked, you know, at what point, when do you think they're going to get on the field for all five or 
or all of the rookie quarterbacks that were uh, that ESPN was tracking this year. I think Teron said week 15 of 2023. Um, but it is it is realistic to think that they'll find ways to use him, even yeah. as likely a third quarterback option when it comes to the actual playing of the position. Well, and Mike Vrabel is a guy who likes to reward people for doing things the right way, for practicing hard. We saw it with Marcus Mariota. He made sure to still try to get him in for a couple snaps a game because he appreciated everything Marcus did after he got replaced. And by the way, he was also one snap away from starting again. And so it keeps guys engaged when you know you're going to play. And I think, you know, keeping Malik engaged, keeping him in the process and also putting him in a situation where when it is his time, that it's just not his first snap and he's got to play the whole game. He's been out there before. I mean, look, I know we're going to see a ton of him in the preseason, but I mean, I, I still can see it in my head, Buck. Titans first and goal at the eight yard line. And you've got Willis with Haskins and Henry behind him and Chig Aconquo lined up at the H back. And you have no idea where the ball is going, but somebody who's 230 pounds plus and can really run is going to be getting it. And, and you don't know what their direction they're going to be headed in. I think that that type of package could be interesting. And by the way, you can keep Tannehill on the field in some of those situations too and move guys around and try to create mismatches. I, I think it could be. I think there's some room to do that for the Titans. I think they, I think this is a year where they can be creative. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's that diversity of thought that I think is as big a, a big a part of the equation for, okay, how do they, how do they advance? Like they were not bad on offense, even with the circumstances. I don't <laughs> think anybody would call them good, but like when you look at the measurements, when you look at red zone, when you look at goal to go situations, like they were competent, even if those, Metrics may have been skewed earlier in the season by what happened earlier in the season or by just the nature of having Derek on the field in some form or fashion and then playing nine weeks without him. Um, I think that diversity of thought is, is what we are looking for from Todd Downing, while also I think most people being sympathetic to the situation that he had. He's, he's, he's Shane Bowen all over again. It's funny how they can have two of these coordinators on the same staff year over year, but this it for different reasons, it feels like a very, very... Uh, parallel circumstance well with the addition of Tim Kelly to the coaching staff you know uh, the Who thing that I never talked to ever as long yeah. as he's here <laughs> the, the thing I continue to wonder Buck is is are the Titans going to evolve and I'm not saying completely abandoning the running game that's not who they are but do they put some added emphasis on the pass and, and they make it a bigger part of what they do because Derrick Henry's had 900 carries in the last three years on the button that's without the playoffs, 900 carries, uh, you know, and his foot gave out last year. So you are seeing that, yes, he is human and that the load does take a toll on him. So can you continue to have him carry you like he has? I don't think you want to do that. And then the bottom line, you talked about how the offense was last year. No, it wasn't terrible, but the bottom line is the last two years, you got to the playoffs and the offense wasn't good enough either time on your home field. And that's what you've got to be concerned with is not, is their offense good enough in the regular season is our offense good enough when we get to playoff time, because that's where the Titans are coming up short. And that's where they got to find a way to get over the top. It's uh, it's a really, it's I'm looking forward to training camp. We're what less than 20 days away. As we sit here, taping Mm -hmm. the podcast, you'll hear this on a Friday morning. 
Um, but there's a lot of different stuff that I think is going to be interesting, not just the evolution of what this next iteration of offense looks like, but can the defense sustain and find ways to continue to get better um, given the jump that they had? You know, Jeff Simmons is, is going to be a part of the conversation, the hold in, if you want to call it mm. that. You've got Jeremy Fowler out here doing his top 10 positional rankings. Yeah, and number Simmons, two. Number two under Aaron Donald. Not nearly similar resumes between those two players. No. but uh, a, a, an opportunity for Jeff to really continue to make himself known and to make this defense or be a focal point of this defense and for that defense to get better around him. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. When's the last time you've been bowling? Mm, you know what? Um, my mom used to manage a bowling alley for a long time. Really? And, I, and I would walk to the bowling alley and sometimes I would bowl for six straight hours i'm just game after game after game after game so i bowled for a long time you know i'm from chicago the midwest it's where people bowl sure what we do it's in the bowling hall of fame isn't it is that in wisconsin or st louis i want to say it's in wisconsin but somebody may need to fact check me we may have to go back in post-production and find that it's a long answer to i haven't bowled in a long time um i've bowled in some of the predators tournaments but i but i used to bowl a lot that's my answer. Okay. Well, this is our on-air invitation to Corey Curtis okay. and any of our fine listeners to come to Brooklyn Bowl on Wednesday, July the 20th for a great event that we're having for a great charity that provides free summer camps for kids, low-income kids and kids who are in a circumstance where they don't necessarily have the support they need to be able to have those opportunities. So, Corey, I hope I will see you there with all your bowling prowess, and I appreciate your time. <laughs> On the podcast, as always, WKRN News 2 Sports Extra. You make sure you catch out the whole crew putting it on and doing it right. They always have great coverage. All right. Thank you, Buck. I hope that I'm, I'm old now. I just hope my arm doesn't go down the lane with the ball. That's all right. Ramon Foster going to be pouring shots. You won't even feel that arm. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>